This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 6th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. Government failure in Peru demands private solutions. So says Ian Vasquez, the director of the Cato Institute's Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity. The private sector brings Peruvians electricity, telephone service, and internet access. The public sector's responsibilities, water, and education have been long-standing demonstrable failures. Vasquez says even poor Peruvian families are now sending their children to for-profit private schools. You say that the water monopoly in Peru loses 40% of its water through leaky pipes and other losses. As a business person, if you lost 40% of your inventory on a regular basis, you would be out of business pretty quickly. How is that kind of inefficiency sustainable when you have people without adequate water and sewage service for more than a decade, both politically and just uh, practically? Well, of course, economically, it's not sustainable. And so uh, the government loses money, uh, and there aren't uh, actual uh, incentives politically for the government to actually meet the needs of the people. And one of the reasons is that the water monopoly in Lima, Peru, is uh, controlled very tightly by the labor union in the water sector. And so any uh, calls for changes there are met with stiff uh, political resistance. It's the old story of concentrated benefits uh, and diffused costs. Uh, so this is a, a problem with a, a lot of uh, public sector services in in Peru and in uh, much of the developing uh, world. Inefficiencies and the, the lack of uh, uh, feedback mechanisms that exist in the market. So what they've done in this case, is essentially take uh, a service out of the market and put it into the the public sector. And uh, because Peru has such uh, dysfunctional government, uh, the services uh, that follow are are terrible and don't compare uh, to those that exist in rich countries. And speaking of rich countries, the United States has water monopolies in, in many of its cities. Economists suggest, in some ways, Americans are actually underpaying for the water that they receive through government-owned pipes. What is the essential difference? Well, that's probably true. Uh, I, in both cases, uh, the government is not uh, probably providing an efficient uh, service. The big difference is that we, by and large, in the United States, have a market economy with the rule of law. And so, by comparison... Uh, government services in the United States are a model of efficiency, uh, uh, of course, compared to developing countries. And uh, that's what's lacking in much of the developing world. There isn't that uh, rule of law. Instead, what you have are large governments doing all sorts of things that they shouldn't be doing, and they're not doing the things that they should be doing right. The problem in Peru is that the government is very large. Uh, spends over 20% of, of GDP. At that level of, uh, of income, uh, that's huge government, and it, it really inhibits economic growth. How have Peruvians responded to the issues of water? Well, I was surprised uh, to discover on a visit uh, to, to Peru a couple of years ago that in the very poorest parts of, of Lima, in the shanty towns, people who had been requesting for decades. Uh, Water service from the public monopoly got fed up with uh, having their requests ignored, and they began protesting in marches on government offices for the privatization of the water monopoly. They wanted uh, private water to come to their their neighborhoods, and they recognized that everything else that was privately provided, from telephones to electricity to to cable television, even internet, uh, actually 
was available in their neighborhoods. They had internet, but they didn't have uh, water. And so uh, their insight was that if they uh, had privatized water, they would be getting a, a good service, and they would be paying a lot less for it because currently they're paying prices on the black market where they bring in water on tanker trucks, which are unsanitary, that cost them 10 to 15 times the price that is charged in the regular network of piped water. So privatization, especially for the poorest people in Lima, would result in a dramatic drop in, in prices as well. Peruvian public education, according to at least one estimate, has left half of 15-year-olds without any basic reading skills. Uh, in a recent op-ed, you talked about how Peruvians have responded to that. Peruvians are also fed up uh, with the state education system, which is a, a tremendous failure. Uh, again, there is a, a teacher's union that is communist-led, which has uh, obstructed any efforts at, at reform of the system. And so those who have money, the, the rich, send their kids to, to private schools. But what is less recognized and less documented is that in the poorest parts of, of Peru, in the shanty towns around Lima, for example, I was able to observe that uh, poor parents are sending their kids to private, for-profit schools in those neighborhoods. And so there is a mushrooming of private schools for the poor, just as uh, James Tooley, uh, the professor from uh, University of Newcastle, has documented uh, has been the case in the poorest areas of uh, Africa and Asia. Uh, this has not been uh, well documented in Latin America yet, uh, but uh, clearly this phenomenon is going on there as well. Do you have any reports on how effective that education is? Uh, James Tooley's uh, research in those countries where he's uh, studied, Kenya, uh, Ghana, Nigeria, and India, show that the private schools actually outperform uh, the public schools on almost every measure, including uh, teacher attendance, and that the students who go to the private schools also outperform the students that go to the, to, uh, the public schools notably uh, better. How do these poor parents in Peru, how are they able to afford uh, that type of education? Well, uh, it, it turns out, and I have a lot of anecdotal evidence for this, and this is another reason why this uh, needs to be documented. It turns out that uh, poor parents know the value of education and will sacrifice uh, in order to educate their kids. They understand that a, a better education is one of the best ways to get ahead in life. And so... Uh, they, the fees aren't uh, tremendously large from our point of view, uh, but they are uh, uh, significant parts of their salaries. And many people, uh, if they need to, forego a meal or two in order to educate their, their kids. Others, uh, according to the studies that James Tooley have done, has done in those other countries, uh, actually get their uh, children's education partially subsidized by other people who uh, uh, pay for the tuition at the school so that the poorest of the poor uh, either go in many cases without paying or their fees are reduced and they're subsidized by the fees of the others. The poor are subsidizing the poorest in those cases. Ian Vasquez is the director of the Cato Institute's Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Please consider supporting the work of the Cato Institute with a donation at our website, cato.org.